It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Today, we get back into our positional review series at linebacker. We get into the offseason outlook in addition to just looking at what's on the roster and seeing what might shake up. Today, talking about linebacker, and we expect that there will be a huge shakeup at the linebacker position. Significant has been the word on the street. And also, we have some other small procedural notes newsy things to update you on and joe i tweeted i tagged you in this the locked on bengals podcast today was the number 27 podcast on itunes so thank you all so much for listening and while we're on the topic i noticed that we had a question come in in an itunes rating just out of the blue today a new rating new comment so we will answer that question in our mailbag tomorrow And if you go and do some ratings of your own, leave some questions there. Can't promise that we'll get to all of them because I know you guys like to flood us with questions, but we will eventually get through questions if they're good ones that come through that avenue. We'll also be doing our regular Twitter thread. So don't worry. You don't have to rate the show to get your question answered, but we do greatly appreciate that. And we read all the feedback. At least I do. I don't think Joe does. No, I don't. Not that I don't care. It's just uh, I get enough feedback. Do you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your whole life is feedback. You got yeah. five people living in a house, three animals, a job, multiple jobs. None of them feedback. are listening to the podcast, though. No, they're not. <laughs> Maybe your wife sometimes. Anyway, we really appreciate everybody's support, everybody that's listening. And you've heard us talk about the opportunity for advertising. So given that we're the number 27 football podcast in the United States on iTunes, if, if you want to advertise on the Lockdown Bengals podcast, you get in touch. Without further ado, we are going to get into our linebacker position outlook and those other news and notes updates. And then we have... Draft board, top 20 stuff, top 22 stuff, first round stuff. So look forward to that later in the show. Now, the news. Head athletic trainer Paul Sparling won an award. He was the NFL athletic trainer of the year. And a lot of you like to complain about how the Bengals are always so injured and how bad is the athletic training staff. Well, according to the people that give this award, they're not bad at all. He won the Fane Kane memorial award for outstanding nfl athletic trainer of the year so we wanted to give our congratulations to paul sparling and 
just shout out some positives for the Bengals here. And also, Chris Smith, supposed to visit the Bengals, maybe did visit the Bengals, ended up signing with the Panthers instead. But this gives us the first insight. The Bengals, Derek Wolf and Chris Smith, two early targets in this pre-free agency period. I think we know what one of their priorities is. Yeah, get more talent on the defensive line somehow. And with veteran talent, it, it appears, as uh, as we have already looked at the draft a little bit, doesn't look like they'll be in a spot to draft a defensive lineman. Looks like they'll go to free agency. They might be able to find a time to draft an interior defensive lineman, but it depends on if they get a second-round pick for Andy Dalton, pretty much. Sure. I, I don't think the value ever lines up for an edge rusher specifically. So if that is something they want to address, they, I think, will be better off trying to find some depth, some rotational pieces in free agency. But the focus of our lead today is the Bengals' linebacking position. And there are only three guys under contract for 2020, with another being a restricted free agent in Hardy Nickerson. And those three are Jermaine Pratt, who figures to be one of the centerpieces of the linebacker position going into year two after a solid and progressive rookie season. Then Jordan Evans, who has floundered through his first four years of of his career in the NFL. I don't think he has really reached the potential he suggested he could have with his athleticism and size, Uh, but he'll be on the roster, I assume. And then the last guy is Brady Sheldon, who the Bengals picked up on waivers, who we never really got to see on defense at all. That's it. That's who's signed currently going into 2020 with Hardy Nickerson being a restricted free agent. You assume they'll bring him back in some capacity, put a tender offer on him, and at the very least, he's a special teams player and a depth player. And hopefully they upgrade this position enough to where we're not relying on Hardy Nickerson playing a decent amount of snaps again. Yeah, I don't think I can take another year of Hardy Nickerson being the first linebacker off the bench. It's seemingly every position, no matter which linebacker it was that had to go out. It seemed like for two years in a row now, somehow we're seeing Hardy Nickerson be the first guy off the bench. He must be just absolutely the perfect practice player to get the sort of playing time he gets because when he's on the field, it never really goes well. Although he did have a couple good games to his credit last year where he actually performed pretty well. But Brady Sheldon, just to touch on this really quick, an undrafted free agent from Ferris State. Which state is Ferris? Hmm. Doesn't seem like a real state. He's 26 years old. He has been with three teams through three different preseasons in his three years in the NFL, Oakland, Cleveland, and Green Bay, and has showed different skills at each of those stops. In Oakland, he showed to be a great tackler in the preseason, very limited snaps. In Cleveland, really good in run defense, really good as a pass rusher, solid in coverage. With Green Bay, still shows that he has some blitzing capability and was really good in coverage. Again, all of this in the preseason, so there's good reason to think that there is some promise there. I wouldn't count on him to be a starter, but if Brady Sheldon ends up being your fifth linebacker, assuming they keep five linebackers this year, that you could probably do worse. Probably, but you're not counting on him. It's just, there's some upside there. There's some reason to believe that he can perform. And before we even get to free agency, it seems like the Bengals will attack this position somehow, whether that's re-signing Nick Vigil to a moderate contract or going out and making a splash. I can see them signing two guys, one starter, one depth player. I don't know. The depth player could be a Leroy Reynolds who did play snaps early in the year and then didn't play again. But I do think they'll acquire two that way. 
And if there's got to be a position that we feel they're going to double up on, even with only seven picks coming up in the NFL draft, I would guess it's linebacker. And they did last year. Deshaun Davis was taken in the sixth round last year. He ended up not making the roster at all. I don't believe he's on a roster. So that was a bad pick. And I could see them going this year again. Maybe we're talking third round. Maybe it's second round at 33 and then spending again one of their final picks at the linebacker position. Yeah, that Deshaun Davis pick was one that we looked at right away. We we looked at his athletic testing and we thought, what are we doing here? And that was not a very surprising flame out in the NFL. I wish him the best. I hope he gets a chance somewhere. I also don't know if he's on an NFL roster. But we did talk about free agents. We've talked about all the free agents. We've gone team by team. Tomorrow we're doing the mailbag. But before free agency, we're going to talk about who our top free agents are for the Bengals to target this year. But if you look at the linebackers, we talked about this yesterday because we were talking about Corey Littleton. It's not particularly deep in free agency, but there are some really viable candidates there. And so if they get one of Corey Littleton, Joe Schobert, or Nick Kwiatkowski, and then another guy from further down the list, like a Kevin Pierre-Lewis or... You know, if they wanted to go get David Mayo to play on rundowns, then they actually have some pieces that have performed at different positions. But it, it's not deep. There isn't a whole second, third, fourth tier here where you can feel really good about it. I mean, what about Nigel Bradham? I don't think we've really talked about him. That would have been one of the teams I covered when you were working nights. Philadelphia Eagles free agent linebacker. He's 30, though. But he's been solid and played a lot of snaps. This would be a lot like the Preston Brown signing when he first came over from the Bills. Where like, eh, this doesn't really move the needle, but he's like a solid, reliable guy out there who isn't going to make huge mistakes. Yeah, but Preston Brown was 25 when the Bengals signed him. He was a, a young draftee, so there was reason to believe he could still play and play at a, a certain level. I mean, that's why the Raiders and then the Jaguars picked up Preston Brown. Um on, on the surface, you know, on paper, if I didn't know who Preston Brown was living in Buffalo, I probably would have been like, all right, this is a decent signing. I would take another Preston Brown signing, a guy with over 100 tackles, 25 years old. But, you know, uh, I we knew by watching the film right away yeah. that he was a limited player. Well, I think the difference with Bradham, just to talk about the specific player that I don't think I got into when we talked about the Eagles, he's been really good in coverage. That's been his calling card yep. in his career. He's, right. you know, 62241 ran a 4.6 back in 2012. He's 30 now, so you you expect that'll fall off pretty soon. But if he if he's not commanding a huge deal because he's not going to be one of these tier 1 tier 2 linebackers, well, may, maybe, you know, he could he could be a guy. So, I'm just putting the name out there because if they don't get one of those top few names, then it gets really thin and we got to oh, get agree. creative. Yeah, they got to swing a couple times at this thing. You know, it's not going to be just one. You can't just go sign a Preston Brown and say, oh, linebacker's fixed. Let's walk away and spend a third-round pick again. That's not going to do it. Um, So even if it is a, you know, a Nick Kwiatkowski and a Nigel Bradham, okay, great. You took two swings. Maybe one of them hits. That's what a team would do when they have such a dire need. And it it kind of goes short-term, long-term with those two, right? Like Kwiatkowski probably gets a four-year deal, Mm -hmm. and Bradham probably gets a two-year deal with – right. Only the first year guaranteed, frankly, most likely, unless Philly shells out and retains them. Anyway, we have to talk about the guys that we think are going to go in the top 20 of the draft. Let's summarize our linebacker outlook is it's going to change. They're going to mm-hmm. bring guys in however they can. And uh, one avenue that was interesting today, maybe we should talk about this in the second segment to open that idea, that trade to the Colts for Andy Dalton. 
Want to go see your Cincinnati Reds this spring during spring training? Well, Arizona is a great place to go, not only see baseball, but to see everything else. And if you go down there and go down for the Cactus League, they've got 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, 75-degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles. Yeah, you can go down and see your Reds in Goodyear Park down there. Or maybe, we've talked about it before, you're into the craft beer. They've got Four Peaks, Angel's Trumpet Ale House, Goldwater Brewing Company, all known for great beer. Or maybe you're into hiking. Maybe you want to get out in the desert for the numerous national parks down there, go up to the Grand Canyon. And if you do the canyon, make sure you bring enough water because it's the way back. Unlike most hikes, that's challenging. It's easy going down, hard coming up. Kind of the opposite of the Bengals. We had a hard time with this bad year, and we're going to come up next year. So go on down to Arizona, take yourself a little spring break, plan your getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So we had some fun on the internet today, and one of the articles of discussion was a writer named Larry Horn. He wrote a piece about the, some trade options for the Bengals to trade away Andy Dalton. And one of them, or at least what he landed on, was how about getting the Colts' number 13 pick and basically a swap. And, and this evolved into, well, there's that opens a lot of options, right? And the, the conversation on Twitter was like, well, how about this pick and that pick? But getting the idea of ultimately getting another first-round pick for Andy Dalton if you want to get a little creative with it. And I went and looked at some of the Bears' draft picks. They don't have a first or a third because of Khalil Mack. They have two second-round picks. Mm-hmm. The Colts have two second-round picks because they traded with Washington. Man, what a bummer for Washington to miss out on pick number 34 overall because they wanted to trade up last year. And the Patriots have um, – they're missing a pick. What is it? Uh, oh, they forfeited a pick or something? Yeah, and I can't remember which one it was. But they have two second-round picks. So I was thinking, you know, if this gets into the range of – like if the Bears really want them, they don't have a third-round pick. So right. what might be the best type of trade? It would be a, maybe a swap from the Bengals at 33 with the Patriots to their 23 or 24, wherever they're at, where they're at. Right there. So I'm, I'm thinking creative here, Jake, what did you land on and think about that? Well, I was just thinking about the Colts scenario because essentially what the guy suggested was you send Andy Dalton and the Bengals second round pick 33 right. for the Colts first round pick, which was 13 mm-hmm. and 13, according to the traditional draft value chart is worth pretty much the same thing as pick 33 and 34 put together. And the Bengals currently own 33. So essentially Instead of sending a second round pick, 33, you could also just say, you know what, we'll give you Andy Dalton for 34 straight up. And then Mm -hmm. the Colts can keep their first round pick, but then the Bengals have the flexibility to trade ahead of the Colts if they want to, which they could do anyway, right? Because once you have 13, you could then trade 13 and a third round pick or whatever to move up and down. My thinking here was the more picks the Bengals have, the better. So... 
my thought, is, especially in the top hundred. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. if you can add a pick and then say you, you move from the, you know, 33 or 34 to 28, that only costs a, a fourth, fourth, maybe yeah. mm-hmm. then you add a, another day one pick, which I like, and, and it gives you the flexibility to move up. Now you can obviously do the same thing. If you get 13, you can move back. And sure. it's just, which of those would you rather do? Because uh, if you had 13, you won't have 33. So that's the caveat. Right. So, so, you know, do you want the extra, you know, two-way pick? Because the top of the second round is different from the middle of the second round. So yeah. that that's where it got interesting to me. Would you rather have 33 and 34, somebody asked me this question, or 13? And mm-hmm. you could do the same thing, theoretically, trading around either way. But say you had to stay at those spots. Let's go with that, that approach. I'd rather have 13 because of the fifth year option. And because I really like this class, you know, we're going to get to how many first round picks we have for this, for what we think are going to go in the first round, how many first round prospects I should say, and what we expect. Um, It's deep. I think this is a really good class. I think normally the elite or the blue chip range is five, six, seven prospects. I think we could, if you blur the line a little bit, could get to 12. And I know we're talking about pick 13, but all you need is someone to make a bad pick or take a quarterback, an extra quarterback that you don't, you know, Jordan Love goes Jordan and next thing you know, you're good. We've, we were sitting there last year where, we're, where the Bengals were picking. We go, all we need is a couple of bad picks, Cleveland Farrell and then Daniel Jones, and we're good. And it happened. And we got the last blue chip guy we thought of was Jonah Williams. So, um, you know, I'd be, I'd be in favor of that. And the fifth year option might be the last year of it. We don't know how the new CBA, CBA is going to go. So I like the idea of having 13 because I think you can add – a real premium player. Yeah. The difference of that fifth year option is significant. And just looking at a random big board that I've picked out here, this is Jordan Reed from the draft network, 13 on his big board. The guys around there, Jerry, Judy, CD lamb, look, chase and sorry, Henry rug, CJ Henderson. And then you go down a little bit to the 33, 34. Would you rather have one of those guys or two potentially of sure. uh, Christian Fulton, Denzel Mims, Kyle Duggar, T. Higgins, A.J. Epinesa, Antoine Winfield. It's you know, pretty interesting. Yeah, because it's only really a tier, maybe two tiers below, mm-hmm. and you get two swings at it. And we, like we said with linebackers in the last segment, you'd rather take two swings when you're bad, in a bad way, in a bad situation. And uh, so that's a, that's a fair point there. I just think if you did end up getting, like C.J. Henderson, in yeah. terms of cornerback testing and production oh, yeah. and, and tape, like, that's a guy that if Jeffrey Okuda wasn't such a slam dunk, we'd be talking about Henderson as the number one corner. Yep. If he was still there, you're like, boom, we've got him and William Jackson on the outside. Let's roll. I yeah. feel great about corner. I, I think that that is a pretty persuasive argument, right? Like, say say it's not C.J. Henderson. Say you end up with, you know, whichever of C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy doesn't go because we're going to have five tackles potentially go in the top ten. Right. Or if five tackles don't go in the top ten, say and you get a tackle. Thomas. All right. Yeah. Sounds I'm pretty amazing. happy about that. Yeah. All right. I'm sold on the first round pick between those two. So let's get into. Yes. Let me get mine. This project here. And I'm going to go first because I'm ready. Okay. And what I did is I took 22, 21 players that I think are definite first rounders or very likely first rounders. There's a little bit of gray here. And then I took another 18, 19 guys that I think are on the edge of the first round. I did it a little bit differently. Um, I knew the rules, or I knew the what we were going for. But as I started building it, I thought this is an opportunity to explain how you do a horizontal board and how the Bengals do it. And um, 
Like the Bengals have three tiers for each round. So it's not just I have a first-round grade. They have a 1A, 1B, 1C. When we talked to Duke Tobin, he said, I I will drop down a tier, but never, like, leave that bracket. So what he means is if there's first-round graded guys and the guys, they're sitting there at 33 and they got a couple of 1C guys remaining from the first round, they'll pick from them. Even though they know they need a linebacker, a D-tackle, tight end, wide receiver, whatever you want to say, they'll say, well, you know, this this corner here is a 1C. We'll take him. Uh, they don't want to drop out of that box. So what I did is did the three tiers for each round. I just did the first round, and then I put the fringe, which would be 2A, and those that's where I tried to separate the line between first-rounders and possible first-rounders, guys that probably will go because I don't have 32 prospects ranked as a first-rounder. And it's interesting how much overlap we'll have there. I, I think that it will not be very much. No? Yeah, so let's get into that here in just a minute. We'll talk about what we have as our first-round guys and what we have as our maybe first-round guys, our fringe guys. This will be a fun one. This is really our first foray into draft rankings, draft boards. And so stay with us and we'll get there in a minute. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So I figure we should go, when we're looking at this board and more as we go through our guys we think are going in the first round, Jake. I think we should go position by position. Let's That's start at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we'll do that. I have three guys that I believe will go in the first round and I think should go in the first round, and that's Joe Burrow, Tua Tungvaloa, and Justin Herbert. Yeah, something clatters above me in my home. I don't know if the microphone picked that up, but I also have the same three guys, Burrow, Tungvaloa, Herbert. On to wide receiver? Yeah, because I skipped running back because you should not be drafting running backs in the first round. Especially this year. None of these guys. Anyway, wide receiver. Right. And I'm with you, or at least I think I, I might be. Guys. You have three. Okay, so that makes sense to me. I have two as a blue chip guy, which are CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy. I think both are fantastic. I skip a, a 1B, and I go right to 1C, and I've got two guys here. And it's Henry Ruggs, who I think you'll have. Yep. And then I put Denzel Mims in here. And the reason I do is because I think his tape's excellent, and I think he is crushed maybe as good as anybody, yeah. if not the best so far for the draft season in terms of Senior Bowl and Combine. I, Dan, or, uh, Dane Brugler, I don't know if you saw his mock on the athletic that came out today. Give him the Bengals at 33. Yep. And if that's the case, I think we're high-fiving and having a good time with that. Yeah, we're, we're high-fiving in Las Vegas, and the coronavirus doesn't exist anywhere. We feel confident about flying. <laughs> yes, Everything is good in the world. Uh, I I only have the three guys. Denzel Mims is one of the guys that I have in the first round fringe because for me, the first round fringe, after you get past my first 19 or 21 or whatever it was, these are guys that might go in the first round. They might not. So I I tried to focus on for sure first round guys, in my Mm -hmm. opinion, in the top section here. And it is Lamb, Judy, and Ruggs. And for me, 
I'm going to be very interested in, in watching Jerry Judy's pro day because if he flunks the athletic testing again, I think that's going to end up hurting him. He could get just, lost in the mix. I, I have some fears for him because he looks great on tape, but he looks athletic on tape, in my it opinion. Is. And that did not happen in Indianapolis. So next position, offensive tackle. I have four guys that I think are definite first rounders. Uh, in Judrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, Mekhi Becton, Andrew Thomas. This one's easy. Those guys might all be top 10 picks. They should be, probably. Um, I have the same exact four guys. They're the only other in question that I believe um, even the Bengals would consider if they're there at 33 are Josh Jones and Austin Jackson. Yeah. I think both in late mocks, we've seen Jones as high as, where did the Dolphins pick? 15, 16 in the first round, and then Jackson somewhere in their mid-20s. Yeah, I, I have in my fringe group of offensive tackles, I, I have Josh Jones. And and I, I maybe somebody would take Austin Jackson if Jones goes and somebody really wants to take a tackle in the first round because he won't get to the end of the second round. Yeah. But I think that that would be a bit of a reach. And just to circle back to quarterbacks, Jordan Love is the guy that's a fringe quarterback. Same me. here. And, and I could easily see him going top 10. If if they if there decides to be a four quarterback run in the top six, you know, then that's the scenario where Jordan Love goes. But the next position will be interior offensive line. Do you have anybody in the first round here? I do not. I have two fringe guys as Lloyd Cushenberry and Cesar Ruiz. And I have only Cesar Ruiz as as a potential guy. And I think that he's somebody that might go late first if you know somebody decides they're desperate for an interior offensive line. I mean, this hasn't come up really, in any of my mock drafts that I've run through. And I've done some full first rounds lately just to try to put guys that I like in the first mm-hmm. round to see what might be there at 33 if the entire NFL thinks the way that I do. Right. And it hasn't been – there's been, been maybe one where I was like, you know what, they're going to pick Cesar Ruiz in this one. So uh, then we go to defense and interior defensive line next. I only have two guys here. Me too, Javon Kinlaw and Derek Brown, and That's I right. slid Derek Brown a little bit. Neither of them are blue chip prospects, in my opinion. I think they're one uh, B prospects. Which, if you want to say that's ten to twenty, that's fine with me. And I could see Brown still going like eight, nine, but I think a more comfortable range for them is in the teens. Yeah, I, I think that's one hundred percent right. Then on to edge, I have. Oh, sorry. Let's go to the fringe guys in the first round. Do you have any fringe interior defensive line guys for the first round? I think you I, do. I do, but I don't feel comfortable with them. I still need more of the workout for all of them, and that's Neville Gallimore, Ross Blacklock, and Justin Matabook. Yeah. I think that we're talking fringe first. I don't know that any of them will get into the first right now, but they can go anywhere from 33 to round three, to be honest. Yeah. It, I think there's still a lot left to be desired from those three. Dane Brugler's mock had Neville Gallimore going mid-third round in the 70s yeah. at this point. And that's a result of his of his agility testing straight up. Mm-hmm. So Edge is next. Obviously, the two guys, Chase Young, Kalevon Chase. And do you have any, any fringe cases? For me, because we disagree here, I have Epinesa as a maybe first rounder at this point. And yeah. I have Zach Bond as a guy that I think is probably going to go in the end of the first round because there are some teams there that I think would really like him. But I'm not, like, 100% on that. I could definitely see him going second round. I'm getting sold more on Zach Bond. The more clips I see, the more tape I've watched, I think he is an actually good edge rusher. Uh, I have him as a first-rounder. I think as we grow closer, that'll happen. Um, I think the guy for me, A.J. Epinesa, 
I would have had him as a fringe blue prospect, maybe as a as a one B guy. I've dropped him all the way to my lowest spot as a one C because he's barely holding on. I'm gonna give him the opportunity to test yeah. a little bit better at his pro day, and if not, he goes to round two. And I had a discussion with a few people on Twitter about this. Like, how can you just you know shouldn't you just rely on the tape? Yeah, but the tape said he was a little bit slow. You know, the tape does say he's a limited athlete and that he won in other ways. And, yeah, that may continue in the NFL, but you also have to be a very good athlete. The best players are also good athletes most of the time. And, like, Especially, if he's not an edge rusher. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's not an edge rusher if he continues to test the way he is. He has going to have to figure out a different position. And at that point, what's the difference between him and, and Bradley and I, you know? Right. Big Ten or any, production. Any of these fringe guys, Yatur Gross Matos, Curtis yeah. Weaver, Joss Uchi, Terrell Lewis. I mean, you're going to have to make decisions on what kind of guy you actually want. You know what? Terrell Lewis probably should be in the fringe group. I could see somebody taking a flyer on him in the first round yeah, at the too. end of the first round. I, I don't think so for Uchi as much. But, you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, linebacker next. Three guys for sure in the first round, and I got no fringe guys. I think this is a very clear cut. Here's your first round, guys. And if none of them make it, if you're not counting Zach Bond as a linebacker, right. uh, which I'm not, which neither of us did in this case, then there's nobody. And those guys are obvious. Isaiah Simmons, Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray. Now, Malik Harrison, I think, has done enough to get himself squarely into the second round conversation. Same for mm-hmm. Billy Gay, uh, assuming teams are comfortable with his character because he, he had suspension issues and, and whatnot at, at Texas A&M. Right? Texas A&M? Willie Gay, Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Man, I get those guys confused a lot. Same colors. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any of those guys have an argument for the first round. I agree. I think I've got Isaiah Simmons as a blue chip prospect. He's a 1A. I've got nobody as a 1B. So I don't think Queen and Murray, someone at, when they asked, uh, if well, if you get the 13th pick, are you going to take one of the linebackers? You could. But I have them as 1C prospects. So likelihood that they wouldn't be. Um, best player available. I think Malik Harrison, like Zach Bond, as people are watching the tape, they come away and go, yeah, he's a decent player. Yeah. Um, his production numbers aren't there. His testing was there. You get two out of three if you boil it down to just those three factors. Uh, I think he's got a chance to go round two for sure. I've got him listed here, but I don't think there's a chance he goes round one. I listed Akeem Davis-Gaither because I still want to see him test. I still think he's going to blow that out of the water when he does. And we should say he did meet with the Bengals. Uh, that was reported today. Yeah, that's one of those things where if you're a 13 and your best options are a linebacker, you want to trade back. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to the next position, which for me is corner. And this one was the hardest for me. There are two guys that, in my opinion, are locks for the first round in Akuda and Henderson. After that, I think it gets really murky because none of these guys tested really, really well. So the, the, the last guy that I put in the likely first round group is is Jeff Gladney, but I'm not very sure about that. He could definitely slip into the second round, in mm-hmm. my opinion, as could guys like Christian Fulton, Trayvon Diggs, and A.J. Terrell. So yep. for me, it's really only two guys that I feel good are first-round locks, and then the rest, I think at least three, if not four. I've even, you know, I've even done these mocks where I get six corners into the first round, mm-hmm. but I don't know who they're going to be. There's an argument for David, Damon Arnett and Noah... Big Bana, hey. Good I'm job guessing. with that. Is that right? Sure. Yeah, that's why I didn't even list him in the fringe because I couldn't, didn't want to spell out his name and keep looking at it 10 times. But I, I agree. I have Jeffrey Okuda as a blue chip guy, a 1A guy. I have CJ Henderson as a 1B guy. 
I put Christian Fulton and Jeff Gladney as one C. Now, yeah. I like, <clears throat> excuse me, I like Gladney a lot. That three cone sucks, man. It's yeah, not ideal. I give him the opportunity at TCU to to fix that. Hundred uh, percent, right? Because you know a lot of guys tested weird at, for the three cone this year, and you know maybe that's just a factor. But uh, he looks good on tape. For me, I I don't think he's any different than Jason Barrett. You know what was that? Two thousand thirteen where I had him as a number 12, 13 player on the board in a weaker class probably, uh, this corner class. I think the the issue with it being so strong is it's hard for us to say this guy's a first-round pick because it might be a pick-your-poison type thing for for teams, right? They may say, you know, I want Trevon Diggs. I want A.J. Terrell. Uh, you know, I, instead of Gladney, instead of Christian Fulton, fine. But I think the Bengals are going to have a, a really good pick of a corner at 33 if they want to go that way. It seems like that's the way it's shaking out, right? We, we, we've we gotten here in pretty much all the mocks that we've done up to this point. We get to the top of the second round, and it's like, all right, well, the wide receivers look good. The corners look good. There's running backs mm-hmm. here that we're not considering, but they also look good. Just, you know, just saying. Right. But, yeah, I, I, I definitely see a lot of these fringe first-round corners that, you know, a lot of beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Like I tweeted about Christian Fulton being a guy that if he's there, you'd be pretty happy with that. He was really yeah. good. Super and productive. One guy responded to me and said, you know, the way he played against Clemson, the way he wasn't getting after it, you know, giving up on plays, I, I, I can't. So there are going to be, be people that see individual games from these guys, and you're like, ah, I can't based on this one game. So oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of subjectivity around the corner class. Next at safety, I have two guys, and I, I imagine you have one. So you got a fringe on. I've got Xavier McKinney and yep. Grant Delpit. I think both are worth, worth first-round picks. Um, it's not a great safety class at the top. I do like who's probably going to go between 20 and 45, and I think probably four guys go. Yeah, I have I have a group of three guys on the fringe. And this is another one where you could see you have Jeremy Chen in your in your group. I do. Uh of of your two A's, I think. Yeah, fringe fringe guys. And and you know, you could see it happening, right? Cuz he tested great. And yeah, it's, it's senior just, bowl week too. And and these small school guys, you always see one guy or, or a couple guys that end up in the first round and Seattle's picking down there. You never know what they're going to do, but for me, I have I, I think that Xavier McKinney solidly in the first round, most likely. For me, Grant Delpit likely first round, maybe not. And then Antoine Winfield and Ashton Davis, okay, were yeah. the other two that I think. I Ashton Davis is a guy, another one like Jeremy Chin that can sneak into the first round. He's a track star, so when he does test, he's gonna test really, really well. Um, and right, those are the other two that if if it's McKinney, Delpit, Chin, Duggar, I've seen Duggar go in the first yeah. round. The athletic um, mock draft, the Bills writer took Kyle Duggar with their pick in the first round. Um, so yeah, if then if Davis goes and Winfield, I'll go between twenty and forty five. That's where the strength of that safety class comes alive. Where I think there's going to be a few good players that come out of that. That's really good. Chin is interesting, man. So is Duggar. I think both those yeah. small school guys can do some linebacker stuff, can do some safety stuff. Chin, one of his closest comparables when you put him up on mock draftable is Isaiah Simmons, and that makes sense because you don't see guys that big test that well. And the way up, they used them too is similar. Gives up ten pounds, right? Right. I mean, I don't know how significant that is. I imagine it's at least a little significant. I forgot to mention my fringe guys at uh, wide receiver and running back. I think DeAndre Swift, just because I I think that's how the NFL will see it. That's not how I see it. 
and J.K. Dobbins are guys that are on that fringe of the first round. If you want to include Jonathan Taylor, you can. I am doubtful. I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire solidly 2-3-4, depending on sure. how the NFL treats running backs this year. And then Speed. for what? Yeah, he, he didn't run well. Uh, and then for wide receiver, the guys I have on the fringe that could sneak into the first round, Jefferson and Mims, I think, are the, are the two that are closest if not in the first round, and then Jalen Rager, T. Higgins. Yeah, I have Higgins in there also. Um, I think with his production and, and his age, he should still be in that conversation. Yeah. He didn't test yet, so we don't really know. I think once he does and people see his size and see him as an outside wide receiver, yeah. I have him actually listed over Justin Jefferson because of that. Yeah. Um, you know, he has a chance to move up. But, again, because the class is so strong, there's it's so hard to – pinpoint who's going to go in the first round because it, there could be a surprise still it could still be Ayuk that goes in round one yeah um you know LaVisca Chanel could go round one so KJ Hamler Donovan right. People Jones somebody falls in love with his leader oh, sure. but I don't know it happens all the time Chris yeah. Conley went in the first round because people like the way he tested so yeah. um you know things like that happen so that that's it a lot of a lot of overlap some differences I don't have Jeremy I, Chin on my list right I don't think you had Ashton Davis, did you? I did not. But I would put him as a fringe guy. You know, I I guess I would go down to keep building the board, go to 2B next and start listing out more guys. And those guys could go round one because a team could have him as a 1C guy. We're not talking about a big difference in tiers. It's just interesting. Like, once you get out of that first round, that that group of 20 or so guys that you and I both have, we're both around 20. And there's some, some differences there, but, like, Neville Gallimore, like we said, you know, second, third round grade. And you're talking about him at the top of the second all the way to the mid third, probably. And I think the same can be said for some of these other guys we've talked about here. And that's not even talking about like Julian Akwara, Curtis Weaver, Terrell Lewis. For me, Terrell Lewis isn't on my list anywhere. And and I think I should add him after we talked about it. But I've had first round guys go in the fifth round before. Stephon Diggs and and, uh, Grady Jarrett. Marvin Jones, right. So, I mean, it happens. This is more a projection, this board here, because, I don't know, maybe we'll get there, but as we grow with the tape and, you know, we got a month and a half, <clears throat> month and a half, two months almost, as we grow with the tape, we might be, be adding some guys. They're like, whoa, this guy's supposed to be a third-round pick. Yeah, but we think he's been really good, and those are the fun guys to remember. And, Jake, I threw four interceptions in Madden today. Were you watching? I watched a little bit. I was the guy in chat telling you to get your microphone working. I saw you. I got it working. I don't know what happened. It was working at first, and then I plugged in my headset, and everything stopped working. By the time you got it working, I had to really crack down at work. Other people showed up. I couldn't I couldn't steal peeks at a shitty Madden game. You were terrible. Please. Oh, I know I was. And, yeah, well, the, I played a full season just using Joe Burrow before, and I threw 29 touchdowns and 18 interceptions. So I'm like, okay, that's all right. I'll take that. But this, I threw four and then three in back-to-back games. I'm like, oh, this is not going well. That 49ers game was brutal. Richard Sherman it, just had your number, man. That sucked. Did you see that? Two in a row. I know. And the one he just threw A.J. Green to the ground as I'm trying to hit him on an out route. I'm like, this is bullshit. Come on. Well, I mean, that's Madden for you, though, right? But you, know you missed... Chandler Jones, when I got to the Cardinals game, and Pete Smith, Browns analyst, yeah, was, was watching. Yeah, Chandler Jones beats Bobby Hart six times for sacks. It was crazy. I'm like, this is crazy. You can't just let this guy take over the game like this. Well, you know, you got to start sliding protections and keeping in a tight end. 
There. I was keeping in three guys at one point. You still got a sack. Yeah. Well, uh, the the one play that was really impressive to me, you, you had uh, John Ross on a deep crosser right behind an A.J. Green deep yeah. comeback. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's nice. It was nice. I rolled to the left, just chucked it up there. He kept both feet in. I thought you were throwing it to A.J. Green. It was an overthrow. But it went to Ross and so I was uh, like, oh. It was to Ross. <laughs> I, I didn't even luck. see him. I never make that old man. Never. It was one of those off scripts. Joe, you know, Joe Burrow put it up. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah. You you did miss AJ Green though. Did you see him on the one I was yeah, talking about? I did afterwards. Yep. Yeah, he was very open for probably like thirty five yards or something. I, I kind of pick my routes a lot of times beforehand, and yeah. then if it's not, the O line really doesn't give you a chance to go to second, third options. It's it's really hard in Madden to like actually sit there and try to read a defense and pick where your, the windows are because the windows aren't actually there. There's one throw you made. It was like it was it was in a hole of it was like a, a, a shallow post, fifteen mm-hmm. yard post or something that you threw in fit into AJ Green. I was like, man, I never fit that in. Uh, it's right. just like those the, holes. Your in the timing zone just, is like a third of a second that you can actually throw that. Yeah, which I don't know. It, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, we are on quite a tangent here, Joe. Tomorrow is the mailbag day, though, so we better wrap this episode up and save some mm-hmm. of that energy yep. for tomorrow. Until then, Bengals fans. Remember to go rate the show on iTunes. If you have some questions and you want us to look at them, I will look there tomorrow when we're putting our questions together. Until then, Bengals fans, have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.